I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Jadikin. And we are officially done with movie versus reality May slash June. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sorry about that. I completely forgot that that was... Supposed to be a May thing. Yeah. (laughs) And just in time for the tail end of Pride Month, we have a very gay episode. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So should we thank our patrons first or? Yes. This week we had Laura, Lynn, Aaron, Daisy, Nancy, Katie, Gracie, Julia, Sarah, Darby, Carmel, Stacy, and JC. If you would like to join our Patreon, it is patreon.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. As always, there's a link in the show notes. You can help support the show as well as get... There's like 400... I looked. There's like 400 episodes on Patreon. Wow. I'm impressed. (laughs) Obviously, that's including our ad-free episodes of our main shows, as well as bonus episodes that you don't get, like episodes about other stuff. Yeah. Um, Like you mentioned, we're leaving Tombstone, and we are headed to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Mm. Uh, I got chills. (laughs) This week, we will be discussing... Pittsburgh's infamous homegrown monster, Abby Lee Miller. Abby became famous as the toxic dance instructor on the iconic Lifetime reality TV show, Dance Moms. This is a show that followed the trials and tribulations of a competition team of elite child dancers, their moms, as they navigated the stressful world of competitive dance, and oftentimes butt heads with their choreographer slash dance instructor, who has like several personality disorders, at least, (laughs) probably, (laughs) I'm guessing. Even if you don't watch or never watch Dance Moms, if you're on the internet at all, you probably have seen a meme or a gif or a video clip of Abby Lee Miller. Like She is one of the most iconic reality TV villains of all time. Oh, yeah. You've definitely seen her uh, somewhere online for sure. But as we know, these type of villains make for great reality TV. Uh, The audience would watch in shock at how this woman would treat children. Yeah. Uh, And the moms were wild characters in and of themselves. Like they had a lot of personality on this show from the kids to the moms to Abby. Uh, So like Kathy... Of the Candy Apple Studio, oh, a God. rival, a, a, a one-time member of the squad, and then a rival. Yeah. Just a great uh, rivalry there. I mean, she she could have her own show, but don't give it to her because she wants it too bad, yeah. in my opinion. <laughs> so who is Abby, Mil- Abby Lee Miller? Where did she come from? It's a classic rise and fall story, my friends. 
Uh, Abby faces what we've seen several reality stars go through recently, including Jen Shaw, Erica Jane, and Tom Girardi, the Chrisleys, and Teresa Giudici. Nice. All of these reality show uh, stars have like some similar um, stories, and they all get busted because of their stupid reality show antics, basically. Yeah. yeah. It's like whatever they're going through financially or you know fraud-wise probably would not have come out if they weren't fucking on a show. And under the microscope. Yeah. So uh, it's pretty interesting phenomenon. So yeah, don't go on TV and start having the government and people ask questions if you're committing frauds. Yeah. People. Uh, it's pretty easy. <laughs> Where are you getting all that money from is like a very common question. <laughs> so my main source for this is Abby's memoir slash self-help book. It is called Everything I Learned About Life I Learned in Dance Class. That is a um, not a great um, you know, indication of what dance class might teach you <laughs> for going off of Abby's personality, um, as well as numerous newspaper articles, Reddit boards, court documents. There's just, it's all over the place. Yeah. Um, her book is crazy because it's, it's literally like she thinks she's like an inspiring Judge Judy type. Yeah. But it's like if you've watched the show, everything she advises is laughable because it's not practiced by her. My favorite thing I ever, and by favorite, I don't mean I condone it, but, right. <laughs> but one of the most outrageous things I saw her suggest or demand on the show was when she says to the d- dancers backstage who are all children, she's like, talking about a rival dance company, and she's like, I need you to find those other girls backstage and make them cry. I need you to bully them into into tears. <laughs> but then the next week she'll be like, "We're doing a dance about the the side effects of bullying." Yeah, like there's like she has no through line. Like it's, she just it, it, it's crazy. <laughs> Everything is memory hold, yeah. and then it's like it never happened. Yeah. Um, so where did she come from? Miller was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, in 1965 to Marion and George Miller. According to her own website, her mother, Marion, was the one who started it all. She was born Marion McKay uh, in Pittsburgh. Then she moved to Florida at the age of 18 and opened her first dance studio, Swing and Sway, with Marion McKay. Cute. Cute name. Now, after owning and operating multiple studios in the Miami area, she moves back to Pennsylvania and marries a guy she knew back in the day in high school, George Miller. He really wanted to marry her. His mother passed away and her like list of what she wanted for her children, she left behind this paper. And one of them was that she had he should marry Marion. And he did it. They give birth to their only child, Abigail Lee. And according to Abby's book, she is named after the most beautiful girl her dad ever dated. Not the mom? No. The mom's <laughs> name is Marion. So, <laughs> so- <laughs> how did how did Marion take that? Uh, there's no comment on that, but obviously she agreed to it. But that's an insane start to life, <laughs> yeah. in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so their older parents, not really in today's standards, but back then they were like 38 and almost 40, I think, which is like older back then. Now it's probably more common. Yeah. So... Some people um, speculate that she might have been unplanned and that the mom 
being such a career focused woman, maybe wasn't really planning on having a kid, but decided to keep the baby, obviously. And perhaps she wasn't a natural at it. That's all speculation. But there are some some information that we do know uh, that might back up those claims. After she is born, the dad tells her mom... Wait, can I just say another thing Abby says on Dance Moms is when one of the mothers is telling Abby, Abby, you're not a mother. And she goes, yeah, but I have a mother. So I'm a daughter. So I know. (laughs) Yes. And she also like her book opens with a story that she goes to a psychic when she's like 18. And she's like, you will have um, many children. And Abby's like, no, I won't. And then she's like, looking back, it's like, yes, I've had hundreds of children. (laughs) So she considers just her role as a dance teacher to be a mothering figure. And it's like, it's not the same thing. Like, well, you can be an influence or a part of a child's life for sure. Of course. And a mentor. Absolutely. But she's, we'll get into it. Yeah. So, Uh, after she's born, the dad says to the mom, I'm going to take over since I'm one of six and you're one of nothing. And I know how to take care of children. So Marion says, there's like a letter from Marion in the book or like a chapter that she writes. And she's like, fine with me. You can do all the work. (laughs) So she, she like definitely went over, uh, along with it. Sorry. Um, This other story, and this has a lot of speculation on Reddit about this incident, Abby states that her mother dropped her when she was a baby or a toddler. Some people say that she fell off the table while playing on it, and the dad got mad because it was on the mom's watch. And then he forbade the mom from holding or touching Abby ever again. (gasps) So... A lot of people are saying or speculating like to be deprived of touch or physical affection from your mother from two on obviously would really affect your emotional development. Yeah. Uh, So who knows what's going on there? There's um, a lot of speculation that Abby did not have this idyllic childhood that she claims in a many, she'll kind of present things where you hear them and people are like, he always said this to me as a cute family story. And everyone who hears it is like, what? Like, that's horrifying. Yeah. Uh, So she definitely acts like a lot of these things are good, but who knows how it truly affects her. Some examples of this, Abby says in one of the earlier seasons that her mom was nice to everyone but her. Uh, She talks about inheriting her mother's love of dance, saying she got her abrasiveness from her father, who at some point said to her, you're dumb enough for twins. Now, she claims that other kids might have crumbled under that attack, but not her. (laughs) I rallied and proved him wrong. So when I say things to kids, I want them to get some backbone and prove me wrong. Well, (laughs) look... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's not that's not for her to, her job is to be a dance instructor. And it's like you're it's like there's a message here that is good, like maybe not sugarcoating everything, but you don't do abusive things and want them to fight back, right? You might be like, "Look, you need to work on that turnout. Like I'm just yeah. telling you the truth. If you want to win, you got to practice more on that." Like that's like telling the truth, right? Look, if you've taken a dance class, you or been a dancer at any point or whatever, you've had at one point a dance instructor who was kind of scared you as a kid maybe or was like really strict and tough. But never in my life have I ever experienced anything like Abby Lee Miller. She's no. on another level. But she but so it's like her you can see though how if that's how she's raised with these parents, she she's learned that 
that's love, yeah. right? And it's not excusing it, but it's like you, you know, it's crazy. We're just trying to get to the bottom of this. Exactly. So don't don't write me. I don't approve of this. <laughs> Now, Abby, of course, studies with her mom and never got special treatment um, for being the instructor's daughter, who um, the mom would later describe Abby as always being in the back line, never a soloist. Damn, the mom said that about her? Yeah. So in the book, her mom tells a story of one of Abby's first performances playing clarinet. So they basically like didn't really encourage the dance. They're like, go to, go to Girl Scouts, take these lessons, do clarinet. Like, So you can tell the mom probably was like, mm, no. She's not cut out to be a dancer. Yes. So she tells this story about um, Abby sitting in the front row on stage in a dress playing clarinet with her legs spread wide. And during the whole performance, Marianne was trying to get Abby to shut her legs. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's kind of cute. So the whole thing, she's like doing the hand motion yeah. to close the legs. It's always fun when you go to like a child's recital or performance and it's like a group of kids and there's always the one kid who's doing something weird. I always, I love that. And the kid. mom is stressed, right? <laughs> yeah. She's like, she's like, my kid definitely stole the show that day. Maybe that's where that um, move from electricity came from. <laughs> the leg spread. Oh my God. Um, so... Others um, speculate that Abby's mom was very much a career woman and dedicated her life to basically dance in her teaching career and wonder if Abby was bitter about um, that. Like that, it's like a very common thing. Like, yes, you're, you love your mother, you're, you know, worship your mother, but there's a complication there for some women where they're like also have some resentments and the mom might have had resentments to her child as well because she had to give up her time for her true passion to take care of a kid. So this is like, as I mentioned, huge speculative topic on Reddit. And people have pointed out the similarities physically between Abby's mom and Chloe. What? Yes. Now, Chloe Chloe is everything the mom prized in a dancer. She is, she is like a classic ballerina body. She's tall. Uh, she has the technical skill that the mom would have absolutely prized. And they think that part of Abby's resentment towards Chloe uh, is because of this. Wow. Now, to clarify for listeners who don't know what Dance Moms is or never watch Dance Moms, Chloe's one of the kids in Abby's dance Team. team on the team, and it's like a huge uh storyline throughout the show that with Chloe and Abby. Well, Chloe, there's a there's a competition that seems to be very show driven. That there is this rivalry between Chloe and Maddie, who are sort of like the top tier girls on the team, like the ones who get the most solos, just because they're you know exceptional dancers. They're both amazing. They're they're all. All the girls are amazing. Yeah. So, uh, but they've set up this rivalry in particular between these two girls, for right? The, for, for the, the show. show. Yeah. So, um, and and Abby is very critical and harsh on all of the girls other than Maddie. Like, we don't really see a lot of criticism of Maddie. And if right. Maddie makes a mistake, it will be spun positively by Abby in some way, usually like, I'm just proud of you for finishing. Whereas right. no other girl ever gets that kind of consideration. Right. So it's definitely like a thing on the show. 
Um, and then people say also, you know, Paige has that similar look. She's even said to Paige, who was another dancer on the team, she is the daughter of Kelly, that um, she says something to Paige, you're skinny, blonde, and pretty. Everyone at school hates you. Whoa. So it's How like, can you say that to a she's child? Like a, she's probably like nine at yeah. this point. No, these are like children. But she clearly has these resentments towards a certain look, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so people speculate that because Abby's mother had that look, look. Yes. And that that was the type of dancer she favored uh, in her classes and groups, I guess, like these tall, thin, blonde ballerina types. So uh, they're speculating on Reddit that, that Abby, Abby has might a resentment. Be, yes, that it might be this deep-seated resentment. Who knows? I, I mean, obviously, Abby's never said it, but it doesn't make sense sometimes when you see these criticisms coming from her. Like, why is she so hard on certain girls? Yeah, she definitely has girls in the class that she picks on relentlessly. And... Even if it's show-driven, which I don't think it is 100%, like they might have heightened it, I think it existed. Of course. Uh, for sure. So in middle school, she begins traveling with her mom to regional dance conferences and seminars. It is around that same age that Abby enters her first dance competition and wins. This happened in Pittsburgh. She becomes hooked on competitive dance, which was like a new thing at this time. Uh, she convinces her mom to let her start her own competitive dance team. And she holds auditions for students age 7 to 12, which is the same range we see on Dance Moms when it starts. And that's the original Abby Lee Dance Company. She founds this in 1980 when she is just 14 years old. That's crazy. Now, who is on her first dance team? Kelly Highland. What? One of the moms on Dance Moms is one of the first students in oh, her... Oh, yeah, that's right. Because in the first season, Kelly talks about how they've known each other. They have like a, they go back. Cause Kelly was a student of Marianne's. And right. then when Abby created this dance team, according to Abby, Kelly was one of the first kids, um, on this team, Yeah, which is just a interesting, uh, coincidence or not a coincidence. I guess it makes sense. So, uh, Miller says that her mother never pushed her to pursue dance and she actually pushed her in the opposite direction. Um, so, she said, I hate to be on stage and I never enjoyed performing. That's one reason why I'm a great teacher. I don't envy or compete with my students. <laughs> <laughs> Over the next 20 years, according to Abby, her team grows from 12 to 148 different students. And she obviously has different divisions. There's older students. I mean, that number seems uh, large, but I guess whatever. So she's operating out of her mother's dance studio in Pittsburgh? I think initially... Uh, she is, and she will eventually get the building that we know from the show. Yeah. So she quickly realizes that the dance community is full of snakes, something she actually calls Chloe in season two. A child. A child. <laughs> and I, I really still, to this day, don't know why she called Chloe a snake. I have no it wasn't, clue. Not that it would ever be like justified, but it was like, wait, I don't get it. No, there wasn't even any like reason for it. Yeah. It was like snake. Like, like even if you think a child was acting like a snake, you just would never even say that to a child anyway, but she wasn't. (laughs) No, it's crazy. So she said while she was with her, by her father's side for his emergency brain surgery, two of her employees wouldn't cover her class or couldn't cover the classes. And then she later found out why they were teaching behind her back at another studio. Now this kind of stuff is 
a big thing in dance moms, right? Mom switching studios. Um, they're called like studio hoppers, right? Mm. They want to get their daughter somewhere where they can get become the star. Uh, obviously, this competition between like Kathy and her, we see a lot of this thing like stealing music, stealing choreography, like all of this kind of stuff. So this has been a resent- deep-seated resentment of the happies for a long time. Yeah, like other local studios. Yes. Uh, so she did dream of moving to New York City and choreographing um, like a Broadway musical. That was a dream of hers. But she ends up staying in Pittsburgh and she, according to her, spends a million dollars on a state-of-the-art dance center. Where did she get a million dollars from? Well, it would be bank loans, like a mortgage. Yeah. And uh, uh, business loans. That's wild. So, I mean, we've all seen the space. If that was a million dollars, she got ripped off. It looks like any other (laughs) dance studio. And there's nothing particularly high-tech looking about it. I remember one episode... Were because she makes the moms take their boots off before they enter the dance studio, and she's like, "These floors were like one hundred thousand dollars or something," and you're like, "That's just like a rubber floor, <laughs> or like whatever." Like I'm guessing, I know things are expensive, but it was just kind of the place looks kind of run down. It just looks like your average dance studio, doesn't it? Yeah, but it? there's nothing particularly even nice about it. It's like a it's like a cinder block building, right? It's like very basic. I think the Debbie Reynolds dance studio in the valley is nicer. Oh, well, totally. So so yeah, she takes over her mom's studio like 100% in 1985, initially naming it the Rain Dance Productions, R-E-I-G-N. Uh, she becomes certified by Dance Masters of America, becoming a member of Dance Masters of Pennsylvania chapter uh, around that, or a little bit before that, Dance Masters. So how do we get to Dance Moms? Well, there's a lot of different versions of this story. You can guess that in Abby's version, she's very instrumental and getting this whole thing rolling. So she says her business is flourishing artistically, but not financially when the recession of 2008 hit. That's when she and her friend, who is a professional dancer named John Corella, had a conversation after they were watching So You Think You Can Dance, which was a show that was kind of like an American Idol for dance uh, competition. She says, they're crazy. They're missing the dance studio experience, the dance teachers, the mom dance teacher relationship on this show. Well, I mean, it's a different type of show. Yeah. So Corella knew a man named Brian Stinson. He will become the executive producer of Dance Moms. And they brainstormed a concept. They were planning on following five different dance moms in five different cities. But their favorite moms were all in Pittsburgh, So they're like, let's just do everything in Pittsburgh at this one studio where all of these people happen to be. They sold this concept um, to Lifetime at some point. Now, a Redditor um, named Remember Remember Me, uh, she posted another version of this story that has some of the similar origins about taking it to Lifetime, her and her friend John Corella kind of pitching this when they lived in L.A. together he, um, they got a budget of $100,000 and an order for six episodes. And as I mentioned, they were going to go to several different studios, um, but eventually settled in on Abby Studio. A casting call was put up at Abby Studio and on her website. Abby's friend Kathy, Kathy from Candy Apples, saw it and was like, is this legit? And Abby told her, like, go for it, which doesn't seem like Abby to me. <laughs> 
all three other moms and Kathy applied from Abby's studio, including um, Christy and Kelly or two of the other moms. They all mentioned Melissa and Maddie in these uh, interviews saying there's this little eight-year-old girl who's winning everything. Uh, and she's always front and center in the group numbers. So according to Abby, they're all bitching about Maddie in these interviews. And that's why the producers were like, ooh, drama. Yeah. But I don't think that's accurate because why would they be? So, I mean, I just don't, these moms are not going after Maddie. These moms are going after Abby. Yeah. uh, And maybe possibly Melissa, the mom, for not, you know, standing up more. Because she's getting such a benefit. She's like, I'm not going to rock the boat. Right. right? And that's probably frustrating. Wait, so how did, I'm sorry, I'm just a little confused. So Abby is claiming that she pitched her studio and this concept to Lifetime? She's saying she pitched the concept. And then when producers started going around the country, that's when they're like, well, everything at Abby's is just great. Now, I know I'm going to get into something else. I know there is an aspect of that's true, but I don't think Abby was involved in the initial pitch. Yeah, I thought it was the producers. Yeah, I'm going to get to that story after Abby's version and this version that's very close to Abby's. So Kathy is the first hired because of... We, we've seen her. If you've seen the show, you get why Kathy was hired. She's a real character. Kathy owns a dance studio that's also in Pittsburgh. No, it's in Ohio. Yes. It's in Ohio. It's called Candy Apples. And that's about two hours, maybe two and a half hours away, right? And she is a character. I call her like, she's like a baby Jane type. She's a wannabe child star, even though she's like in her 50s on the show. Yeah. Right? So... Christy Kelly gets hired. Melissa, who is the mom of Mackenzie, and Maddie gets hired. Melissa fights for Mackenzie to also get on the show, uh, which makes sense when you know the age range of these groups. Mackenzie, the first season is like really young. Yeah. As well as Kathy's daughter, Vivianne. They're both normally, I don't think, would have been on this team, but for the show, they are. And these are the moms. These are the moms. Um, And Kathy. Holly also gets on the show. She is a mom of a a little girl named Nia. And then initially, Minister Dawn is also hired until we see in episode one of season one, her getting into a huge fight with Abby uh, in the studio. Cops are called and she gets fired from the show. So she was initially supposed to be a member. What? Yes. So, and then we have Gianna, who is like Abby's assistant, Right, the choreographer. Um, she'll often you'll, she'll be seen kind of helping the girls, you know, go over their numbers. Um, so yeah, like basically these this group is kind of thrown together for the show. Yeah, not all these girls were working on a team together. Um, Brooke is a little bit older, and she's kind of pushed into the team. She's like on the verge of, a, I guess, the next level of age group, and she's Kelly's daughter. She's Kelly daughter, Kelly's daughter, and Paige's sister. And they're both really great dancers, yes. but they kind of suffer because of Abby's relationship with Kelly, yes, which is definitely difficult. So, which is so cruel, and it's it's, it's very so cruel. cruel, and that's one of her things, right? Punishing the kids for issues she might have with the mom, right? And a lot of times, those issues aren't even justified with the moms because it's like they're just standing up for their kids, which yeah. they should be doing. So. Yeah. So that's basically Abby's uh, kind of thing. 
as I mentioned earlier, this was supposed to be a six episode, almost like a documentary series, a docu-series. And obviously the minute the production people saw these six episodes, they were like, we need six more episodes. And this is where the pressure of doing all of these dances every week came in. Production needed dances every week. And that was not a normal schedule. Mm. They were not performing all of these dances weekly, group numbers, solos, duos, trios. So this put a lot of pressure on the girls who had never had to learn a dance in three days and then perform it live. Uh, And there's an episode that takes place in Lake Tahoe for nationals. And you see a lot of the girls sort of breaking down. They're fucking exhausted. Uh, It's difficult for an adult to do this kind of workload. And these are just kids. And they're almost expected. Another storyline on the show would be like, are these girls allowed to have a life outside of dance? Uh, Brooke in particular, she's like 13. She wants to go to football games. She She wants wants to to be with her friends, friends. hang out at the mall. And it's like, yeah, that should be allowed a little bit. So none of them initially sign contracts really like that are beneficial to them. I don't think that any of them knew that it would take off in the way it did. There is a walkout in season three to get them all raises, but a lot of um, issues come from these initial contracts where the moms weren't sure what they were allowed to do or how they could say no or get out of things just because they didn't get these good contracts. So other things that are purely show driven is the pyramid, which is a, big part of the show. Every episode kind of starts with this pyramid ranking where the dancers are based on their performances that weekend. But it doesn't always appear to be based on their performances. (laughs) This pyramid that Abby does in the beginning, ranking these little girls, usually seems like favoritism. It's definitely manipulative in many... She'll use it in many ways to manipulate situations. And this is purely show-created as well. It's not a real thing. This was not something she did uh, before the show began, Um, although I'm sure she had it in her head who was ranked, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely a great tool for Abby to wield this kind of power and create tension between the girls. And it's crazy because you. she will say things like, Paige, you're at the bottom of the pyramid. You need to keep your mom. And that's because your mom Yeah, she'll interfered. blame the mom. <laughs> it's like, why is Paige being punished for something Kelly did? Even if Kelly did something wrong, a lot of times it isn't even something she did wrong. It's like, I kept my daughter from rehearsal because she sprained her ankle. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, uh, oftentimes it's just the moms being mad at Abby for treating their kids badly. Right. It's crazy. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just uh, it's such an iconic show. So, as I so some more about the truth about this starting, there was a casting call where they put out to all studios. This was not exclusive to Abby's Lee, Abby Lee Dance Company. Um, Christy Lukasiak, who is a the mom of Chloe and an original dance mom, she revealed that it happens that the casting director for Dance Moms liked all the moms from that particular studio. And he liked that the moms already had a history with one another and they were actually referencing each other in their audition tapes. So it just seemed sort of ready to go. I mean, unlike Housewives, these women were either friends or like you said, had history. And you can feel that in the show. No, they have known each other as long as their kids have been at this dance company together, which has, for most of them, has been since they were two or three. Right. Right. 
Uh, Christy says, all of our tapes, we weren't just talking about dance and our daughters. We were talking shit on each other. And he was like, hold on a minute. Like, <laughs> he was just like, <laughs> whoa. Yes. Uh, so when did Abby come in? He, it wasn't even until filming began that producers realized what an intense person she was that the concept of the show shifted and she became one of the main focal points. So they didn't even know Abby was like this crazy, <laughs> insane character <laughs> until filming started. And they were like, wait, we got to incorporate this more. So Christy said, it just started going. And once we started filming at the studio, they quickly realized there was this another person in the studio who made for amazing television. And then that's how the show evolved into a dance teacher and the team and then the moms. Now, executives at Lifetime once Abby came onto the picture, knew that this show was going to be a huge fucking hit. Um, Christy says, the Dance Moms producers came to us and they were like, listen, the network wants more episodes. And we were like, wait, it was supposed to be six. And they're like, yeah, no, they think this is going to be a great show. And we're like, it's not even aired yet. And they're like, it doesn't matter. They think it's great and we want more episodes. So we're going on the road this summer. I mean, you kind of can't believe when you watch this show... Like, you can't believe it. I watched this show when it came out. Me and then too. we've been rewatching it recently. And it's like, damn, this show holds up. Yeah. Like, it is a, every episode is good. There's not like a sleeper. Like, no. It's like they're all fucking bangers. Well, every episode, something insane happens. And it's like at a fucking 11 <laughs> yeah. the whole time. It's like a screaming match or there's like... A crying, a, people quit. And Desi and I have said before, like this is a high camp show. And it is truly a laugh a minute comedy. There's so many fucking crazy moments. <laughs> you just can't believe your eyes because it's like... We've said this before too where it's like this is like Wild West days of reality TV. It's like the tail end of the Wild West days. Yeah. And it's it's just like you you when you're watching the show now, you're definitely like that would not fly today. Cause yeah. it's like there you have the drama between the parents. Some of the dances are just like you can't believe it. Well, some of the things that get said during these fights are just so out of pocket, you're sort of like your hair's blown back. Cause they they go they have they go low. They go <laughs> They go way low. They go way low. And it's like, these people are in a fucking pressure cooker, right? And it's like, you kind of like... And you add Abby to that, who's just like... And she goes low. And it's like, sometimes you're forced to go low when people push you, right? It's just like, yeah. So in 2011, the Dance Moms finally airs. The show takes off. um, And it it really gets going in the second season, like the first season is in, is great. It's yeah. incredible. But the second season, boy, shit starts getting real <laughs> cuz that's where we get the real competition between her and the candy apples starts. Um it's just really good. There's lots of drama there. Um it's a way longer season, so the stress of it all really creates this perfect storm of like fucking stress. People need to blow off steam. <laughs> And they do it on each other. <laughs> so people also were watching this show, couldn't believe Abby's behavior. Like yeah. it is definitely an instant topic of conversation. Um, and it's really an all-time great reality show, in my opinion, because you're really getting the drama, but you're also getting these great dance performances. Yes. Like the kids are truly talented. And yeah. some of these dances, you're either laughing because they're crazy 
<laughs> thematically, like really dark stuff. Or you're like, holy shit, like these kids are amazing. Well, it's a combination of the sheer talent that these girls have mixed with a lot of these dances. The concepts of them, which Abby creates, are just so absurd. So it's like the absurdity of some of these dances. Yes. But it's undeniable that these girls are all so talented. Yes. And another major storyline that I think really takes the show to the next level even though it's like not probably great for the girls, is this rivalry between Chloe and Maddie? Because it's like it's definitely a thing where you're like, you really have some investment in like these girls who you feel like aren't being treated fairly, right? To be treated fairly and to be recognized, yeah. So you're kind of like, as a viewer, you're always like, no, what about Chloe? Like, it's not a hatred towards Maddie, but you want everyone to also get that you know, appropriate response to their talent. Yeah. And cause and also, hard work and cause they're children and you don't want to see two kids being pitted against each other. Well, one of the things I really love and it's sort of like the antithesis of what the show is trying to maybe um, heighten is every time one of these girls gets, comes off stage, all the other girls are there hugging them. They're so supportive of each they're other. They're so supportive. And if the girl comes off crying because she messed up or whatever, they're there to hug her and hold her while she's crying. And just like, it's always this beautiful moment on the show because it's like the kids are not involved. The kids aren't bullied. <laughs> like we don't, it's not like part of the narrative that the kids are bullying each other. We don't see the kids no. bullying each other. It's Abby bullying <laughs> the kids. And creating shit. Creating drama that shouldn't exist. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, I do love those moments where you see them hugging and supporting each other. It's always sort of like, okay, these kids are okay, right? Yeah. So the show itself has a lot of scandalous moments beyond Abby Lee's behavior. Obviously, I've mentioned these dances that can be provocative or, or have a darker sort of content-wise, like be a darker subject matter. I was laughing watching a show recently where Abby's team didn't win first and then they announced the first place winner and their team, their dance was called Schindler's List. What? <laughs> what? They, they didn't show the dance. But I, I, to... I laughed out loud because I was like, of course someone was like, we'll beat you at your own game. Yeah. Like you're going to do that dark dance. Well, we're going to do a dance called Schindler's List. And I was like, was it like a girl in a red coat? Like I was just trying to picture what the dance was. I need to see this dance. That was like, I need to they see didn't this. show it on the show. I though. need to see it though. I know. I need we to... got to find that. I just, I laughed out loud because I was like, Abby was probably pissed. Yeah. She's like, why didn't we come? Because, <laughs> cause didn't, because didn't Abby do like a 9-11 dance? See, sometimes I can't, I can't remember my fantasies yes. of what the dances are. Why do I have a memory of them doing a 9-11 dance? I honestly wouldn't put it past or her. Or did I invent that? See, that's what I was, <laughs> that's what I never know. I'm like, is that my like joke that I made up? Because, but, but she does things like that. But that's like the level of some of these concepts. Like there's a, there's a dance, obviously like from, I think it's the first season. It's like about missing <laughs> an abducted children. Who all then kill themselves on stage? Yeah, because they're abducted. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> no, there. There's so many dark, dark themed dances. There's like an abused child. There's a bullying dance. Um, there's and then there's. <laughs> I was going to just mention this one. There's one. A very famous incident is where there's one black student, Nia, yes. and the dance team, and they're going to do a Rosa Parks inspired dance number, and. Kendall, who is a another student on the dance team, who's kind of like 
on probation, right? She's a noob. She's not officially on the team. But her mom keeps trying to get her cast as Rosa Parks. And she's a white girl. She's white. It, it is and just, it's an insane... It is an insane... <laughs> I mean, that was a wild episode. Like Because Abby also is fostering this competition because she's like, don't assume just because you're black, you're going to get the role of Rosa Parks. And it's like... Yes, she should assume that because you shouldn't do the dance if it's not for Nia. Now, Abby, on camera, she says to us, obviously, it's going to Nia, but I don't want her to think she, I want her to think she earned it, right? Like, it's just like a It's crazy, a wild episode. Yeah. It is, but it's, such, it's also, it's just another example of like, just how wild Abby is, like, just how insane this is, this whole shit, this, her whole deal. And also it's like Nia is constantly overlooked. So and it's like, yeah, give her one fucking thing. Yeah. She works hard. She works just as hard. She's like, just as talented as the other girls. Yeah, and it's like, it's just like the hard, the work these girls put into it is just crazy. And yeah. to, not, to not be willing to be like, here, you've earned this based on everything you've done up to this point. They've right? all earned it. Every yeah. single one of these girls... Like, they're all excellent. And I think that this is also part of the show drama, right? Mm. Like, there's zero reason why Abby can't put five soloists in and let things and let things fall where they fall, right? There's nothing stopping her. Right. Uh, but she, it's used to kind of um, rank the girls. It's used to punish and to reward it's certain girls. Yeah. It feels like a punishment. So anyway, um, those scandals are small compared to what Abby is about to face And we will get to that after the break. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money, and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've had a really stressful year with work and family stuff, and I know I'm not alone when I say I tend to push that stress down in order to get what I need done, done, and that only makes things worse. 
We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. In the past, therapy has helped me navigate many situations from helping me to set boundaries to just becoming the best version of myself. If you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I love that it's entirely online, so it's convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash HCS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash HCS. So one of the first sort of fallouts from the show is that her membership in the Dance Masters is terminated in February of 2012. Abby's? Yes. The Dance Masters of America said that um, Dance Moms is a total misrepresentation of our dance educators and their students and is detrimental to the dance profession. Now, is this like a a license to practice (laughs) dance? What is this? I think it's just like one of those sort of things you can say you're a part of. I don't think it's necessary, but it's kind of like, and I'm dance masters authorized or whatever. Like, yeah, it's obviously, I don't think it means it's, I don't think it's necessary. It's like a pedigree. It's like a pedi- It's like a little special, um, you know, bon- like I'm sure all, uh, there's not numerous professional, um, things you can kind of accolades you can promote, but they're right. like the license or so whatever. So they told her you're out, you're out, Abby. Yes. And when was this season three? February tw- 2012. So that so would be like, like season two. It's like season two. No, so they, season three. I don't fucking know. It started in 2011. You're right. But I don't know how seasons work. Sometimes it's, but this probably is but season two. But this is two. pretty quickly after the show started. Yes, very quickly. So, and Abby Lee starts to have some, uh, get into trouble for some of her financial uh, issues. Around this time. Yeah, it's starting to heat up. Now, let's go back a little bit. In 2010, pre-dance moms, Abby Lee Miller owed close to $400,000 in back real estate taxes. So if you don't know, if you own property, you have to pay yearly real estate uh, property taxes. Um, And she wasn't paying them, so they start adding up in addition to uh, late fees and interest and all of that stuff. So that can add up pretty quickly, especially on a commercial property. It was for her Pittsburgh studio and I believe a condo she had in Florida where her mom may have lived. So she filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. A lot of this, uh, according to Abby, is due to the 2008 financial collapse that happened across the country and she just started falling behind and that was where she chose not to pay. So she's in bankruptcy court. Bankruptcy court, filing for bankruptcy is a long procedure. It doesn't just happen overnight. You were in court, you were figuring out repayment plans and you were doing a complete financial like breakdown of your assets, what your income is, et cetera. So her case, bankruptcy case is still under review when Dance Moms airs the following year. And by that point, money starts rolling in because she's getting paid to be on this show. And obviously the success of the show means more students are coming to her, et cetera. 
In 2015, a judge is reviewing this bankruptcy repayment plan still when an episode of Dance Mom's spinoff, Abby's Ultimate Dance Competition, comes on. And the judge is like, hmm, let me look into Abby's more recent financial situation and her income assets. So when you're in bankruptcy court, you're constantly updating the judge on any new income coming in. And this is where a lot of people get into trouble because they want to clean the slate of the money that they owe while keeping all the new money that's coming in and not having to use that to pay past debts. This happens, this has happened in a few reality TV bankruptcies, including the Chrisleys and Teresa Giudici. They kept not claiming things on their reports. These judges give them a lot of time too. Like, hey, I noticed you have two new cars, but they're not on your statement. And they're like, oh, oh, I forgot to add them. We'll add them now. So when they get busted, they kind of add them. But eventually the judge gets pissed because it's happening too much. They're not disclosing their assets and they're clearly trying to hide things. So Abby obviously keeps saying things like she didn't know she had to claim certain things. She didn't know because she didn't get paid for that contract yet, or she didn't even remember signing the contract. It's like you signed the contract for this future income when this show airs, and she claims she didn't know. The judge goes off on her in some of these these court transcripts, including saying to her, don't give me your TV face. That won't affect me, ma'am. Because <laughs> she's like rolling her eyes and, you know, being like, oh. wait, she's doing the thing she yeah. does on the show? Yes, in court. Because <laughs> she's so irritated that people are like trying to get her to own her shit. Yeah, I just think we should clarify, Abby's TV face is not a, um, <laughs> it's a derogatory. Yes. <laughs> it's that said yeah. derogatorily. Yes. So the judge is like shocked because he sees that Part of this contract means that $250,000 or or of income is coming based on this contract for the new show. And he's like, this is not claimed at all. You know this money's coming. And she's like, I didn't get a check yet. So she was supposed to pay that towards the debt. Or she's supposed to declare it coming in because that's what they're basing her payment plan and what she owes and back taxes on. So it's kind of the honor system. Like they're relying on these people to tell the truth. And no one, everyone's trying to see what they can get away with in these um circumstances, but it basically came to light to the judge because he was channel surfing. Like that's how he found out about it. Wow. So during all of this, she suffers a personal blow when her mom, Marion dies. Uh, and obviously she's really upset about this. Um, the mom dies in February of 2014. She posts that her mom, Marion Lorraine Miller is performing her last dance uh, and she posts a vintage photograph of a dance-clad Marion on her Instagram. Now, on top of her financial legal troubles, she's also facing lawsuits from former student Paige Highland and her mom, Kelly. Now, on an episode of Dance Moms, Kelly and Abby get into a physical altercation. This is a really famous episode. Kelly actually gets arrested because she... Abby pushes her to the point with her finger in her face and like shoving her. And and at some point, Kelly pulls her hair. She gets arrested, but the charges are dropped. Now she's suing, claiming emotional distress and assault. Uh, This, um, she... Abby's suing? No, Kelly is suing suing Abby. She alleges that Miller engaged in contact that caused her to reasonably believe that she was about to be harmed in an offensive manner. That's from the court records. Paige also sues... This is the daughter. Um, yes, because in an episode, I think I just saw this episode, so it's in season two. She throws a chair at Paige. 
Ugh. And Paige claims that uh, it after that happened, panic attacks in, ensued, and she became really stressed about um, that chair throwing. And it was definitely like a traumatic scene to watch. Like it was yeah. really upsetting. Uh, how old is Paige at this point? She's, <sighs> she she's like ten. Yeah, she might be a little older at this point. Like maybe close. Well, by the by the time the lawsuit came, she might be closer to fifteen. But in the episode, in the episode, when yeah, she gets she's a like chair ten. Thrown at her. In the episode, she's like ten. Yeah. So, Paige's suit is init- is fine is dismissed. It's really hard to prove because she. It's like something where you're not in the circle of danger. Like it's like, well, the chair didn't hit you, right? <laughs> like that's like the legal sort of thing. Yeah. Even though it, it was the tra- it was the stress of being sort of almost assaulted. But it's like she got lucky; it didn't hit her. I right. guess basically. I mean, Abby got lucky, and Kelly. Her suit is eventually settled. She gets the production to basically um, reimburse her from some damage they caused to her house, but the um, Abby aspect of it is sort of dismissed. Now, in 2015, shit really hits the fan for Abby because both the IRS and the FBI are now investigating her after discovering that she hid $775,000 of her income from an ongoing bankruptcy proceeding. Um, The DOG... DOJ, sorry, files fraud claims against her because they found out that she had created a secret bank account to hide a lot of this, this income, including income from master classes she was teaching, as well as te- Wait. <laughs> she was teaching not on master class, but she was going town to town for these one-off master classes where you could come and take a dance lesson with Abby Lee Miller. And pay tons of money. Pay for tons it. of money. And also merchandise sales. So now it's not only the TV deal income that she's hiding. They found out that she's also hiding these cash payments that she's receiving throughout the um, company. She's indicted on bankruptcy fraud, concealment of bankruptcy assets, false bankruptcy declarations for the hiding of this $755,000. If found guilty, she faces $250,000 for each of the 20 counts she'd been indicted on. So that's collectively about $5 million and five years in prison. Now, this case keeps getting delayed for various reasons. And after it's delayed for a fifth time, uh, so... She gets charged with customs fraud relating to undeclared cash she got from a Dance Moms Australia masterclass tour. Now, (laughs) this is crazy because basically she went to Australia and because they couldn't take credit cards, they got paid cash for everything. And she had dance members, including the speculated Maddie and Mackenzie, who were on Dance Moms, smuggle back cash in their suitcases to avoid being detected by customs. She had these children. She had children basically drug smuggle. Yeah. (laughs) Cash smuggle smuggle her things. Um, And you're allowed to bring back like $10,000 without saying anything, but anything over that you have to declare. And this was approximately $120,000. In cash. Damn. I'm sorry, but the smuggling it on your dance students is so crazy to me. Yeah. So there's a lot of speculation about what's accurate here, but there's tons of Reddit on it. And Abby claims that Melissa received immunity to testify against her because she was involved as well with this smuggling of the cash back. One of the dance moms. This is one Melissa. of the this is the dance mom of Maddie, Maddie. and Mackenzie. Um she says So Reddit that, says that. No, Abby says this. 
Abby says that Melissa... Yes. She claims that it was the moms who were responsible for selling merch and that those tan- transactions were the ones done in cash. And she basically says it's all, it was all them smuggling back this money. She has nothing to do with it. Hmm. I mean, that's the thing about Abby. She's like the type of person, you know, where someone kind of admits to one thing, but they're still not 100% honest about everything. Yeah. It's like as they, they kind of still won't be 100% honest, right? Yeah. So she does end up kind of taking a plea deal. Yeah. And a lot of people speculated that it was because she doesn't want to um, have Melissa testify against her. Like maybe she knew that that it was pretty damning. But they also had read emails from Abby to her attorneys in court. So in some of these emails, she says things like, Let's make money and keep me out of jail. She calls the judge. She calls the judge a dick. <laughs> like basically for doing his job. She's like, that dick won't like stop pressing me. Like it's that's, just like I'm sorry, that's so So you can there's like a ton of emails. So I think like she knew she was cooked, right? Between the emails that basically I mean basically the emails, what they showed were she knew what she was doing when she yeah. was making these secret bank accounts. Like, not that there's any question really, but they were like, you can't even deny it now because yeah. we know you knew you were sneaking around and trying to do things that were illegal. So she takes, <laughs> right before she takes a plea deal in March of 27, March 27th, 2017, she quits Dance Moms. <laughs> she says, I will no longer take part in Dance Moms. I don't have a problem working with any kid. I just have a problem with being manipulated, disrespected, and used by men who never took a dance class in their lives. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that means. <laughs> um, she said the departure was a long time coming. Um, she came, she said that producers gave other people creative credit for her ideas. They staged drama in front of paying clients who weren't part of dance mom's franchise and, and expected her to participate in meetings and pre-production without compensating her for her time. Look, she knew it was common. Yeah. She's leaving dance moms cause she's going to prison. So she gets her sentence. It is, it's another delay in May of 2017. She is finally sentenced to one year and one day in federal prison, followed by two years of supervised release. One so, day, one year and one day. I don't know. There's always some Sentences weird reason. Are so weird. They're so stupid. So she expressed her prison fears in an interview to People Magazine, saying, "I'm afraid of being physically abused or raped. I have to stay busy. If I thought about it every day, I'd just sit around and cry." So Abby's going to prison, and uh, yeah. She writes positively of her prison experience while she's there. She makes, I don't know how she gets these Instagram posts up, but I guess somehow it happens. Maybe people do it for her. She like, talks about how she's made friends with inmates and staff. She's tried to better herself. This is while she's serving her time. Yes. Uh, she is like, she's like, I've read 150 books. I'm a better person for this experience. And in late March 2018, just as she is about to possibly be released for good behavior, I guess, uh, to a halfway house, she actually gets released early because she has a medical emergency. In the early hours of April 17th, 2018, she is rushed to the hospital for an emergency spinal cord surgery. She had been suffering from a mystery spinal infection. Uh, This is a four-hour surgery, um, and the orthopedic spine surgeon who treated her, Dr. Human Melamed, detailed the severity of the situation to People magazine. He said she was completely paralyzed from the neck down. If we didn't do something, she was going to die. Now, a day 
day after she has this life-saving surgery, Dr. Melamed discovers that this spinal infection was actually a type of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So she had uh, cancer. So she gets this diagnosis the day after the surgery and begins um, treatment for that. One of her former students, dance bomb star Jojo Siwa, visits her in, um, in the hospital. She releases a statement saying she's not good, but she's in good spirits. It's so heartbreaking to see what's going on. It's so, so heartbreaking. Now, Jojo is one of the only former dance mom stars to still talk to Abby. Right. Uh, and to not sort of she has have po- cut her out. Yeah, she, she has positive things to say about her. So... In 2019, the wheels begin turning for Abby's return to Dance Moms. She begins doing press, including an interview with Access Hollywood regarding the abuse she suffered in prison. In this interview, she said that a a prison doctor took her off her her medications and that a female prison guard assaulted her. So obviously we know taking someone off their medications cold turkey is, is, dangerous. Not, is very dangerous and can have drastic effects on someone's uh, moods, personality, health, wellness. Um, and she also says that a guard tried to rip her eyelashes off, believing she was wearing strips, uh, even though they were extensions, like lash extensions. She claimed guards were ripping her earrings out of her ears, all sorts of things. Uh, she said she didn't report these abuses because nothing would have been done. She said, there were other situations that I haven't talked about publicly, things that went on. And I did finally speak to our new warden and he was phenomenal. Uh, He was nice to me and understood the situation, read my case, and he knew what was going on. So I do think I finally got out in March because he was there. Life has been much better outside, but I I went away for eight months and then I feel like I went away again when I went to Cedars. So it's pretty comparable. Now... She began looking forward to this return to Dance Moms, and that happened in 2019. This is an episode called Dance Moms, The Return of Abby. Mm. I think it's the second episode of um, season eight. And this is a special that sort of details her cancer battle. Uh, And we see Abby, she's now using a motorized wheelchair. We see her getting her treatments and physical therapy. So she's back on Dance Moms in her um, new role and we're just seeing what her life is like post-prison and post um, all of these medical issues. Uh, she tells, does an interview with Us Weekly saying, it's not difficult in the chair because I always sat there anyway, so that's not a big deal. What's not good is while you're shooting 12 hours a day, I'm not doing the exercises that I'm supposed to be doing. I'm missing my physical therapy appointments, and I'm not really taking care of myself. Well, you should, yeah. <laughs> Abby. <laughs> you got to take care of yourself. But it's like interesting because it's like, yeah, and you didn't let your students take care of themselves either. Like, right. it's like a bad mentality to have, uh, you know. Now, around this time, production notes were put up for sale on eBay. Uh, if you don't know what those are, in a reality show, while you're filming scenes, someone is taking detailed notes of um, what scene it, scene it was, who's involved, and what of interest might have happened in that scene whether it's an, a line of dialogue spoken, um, if it's an interesting thing they can use to put somewhere else. Right. That's what happens in a lot of this editing process. Sometimes someone will say something 
And then it'll be placed as if it's related to a completely different thing. Yes. But that's, there's just all of this kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, I said that, but it wasn't in reference to that dance. Or somebody will make a facial expression and they'll insert that facial expression after somebody says something. So it looks like they're reacting to to something negatively or whatever. Yes. So... As I mentioned, someone bought these production notes on eBay. You can find them by Googling uh, production, Dance Bond's production note Reddit if you want to like read through it. A lot of it is very tedious. It's just like Abby enters the studio. They practice a dance. But then there are some interesting things that were found in these that sort of show you how sort of like the personas of these children were predetermined. And then all, and then once that was determination was made, things were always sort of used that would prop up that right. uh, persona. The narrative. The narrative. For instance, one of the episode, um, the production note says, Brooke is at the food table. Abby yells at her. This is a good Brooke doesn't care moment. Mm. And that was a thing they kept trying to say about Brooke, that yes. she did not care about dance. She always would prioritize other things. And it's like, she's just eating. Right. She's eating food. She's, she's having a snack. <laughs> no, and it's like, and, and oftentimes Brooke would say like, no, I wanted to be here. And I think, I think I've heard an interview or maybe an episode of a podcast where it was like Brooke didn't even really want to do cheerleading, but that whole story was sort of pushed upon her yeah. to kind of look like there was this possibility she would leave dance to cheer. Um, so some of the other things are questions that would be asked of the dance moms and kids in interviews that are really leading. So for instance, producers would ask Christy if she thinks Holly is out of her element in the first episode. Right. Um, she would ask Kelly to compare the girl's looks. Right. <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of other sort of things. Um, they also do this thing where they constantly ask Chloe if she thinks Abby likes Maddie more than her, mm-hmm. which is kind of like putting the idea that Abby likes Maddie more than her in, her in Chloe's head. And it's like, how do you respond to that? Right. And it's really upsetting. Some other things um, are, are sort of revealing how the producers really wanted to attract controversy to the show. So season five has sort of details of ideas for themes and storylines for the dances. And some of them are something with a cross, exorcism, something <laughs> offensive, possibly license of prayer. And then one the other dance idea was child obesity, possibly an overweight student. Oh my God. I mean, it's just kind of like, it just shows how the producers really were sort of poking in to even the choreography and yeah. themes of the dances. Um, so another devastating for blow, blow for Abby at this point, her star student, Maddie Ziegler, basically cuts all ties with her and like doesn't even speak of her pretty much anymore. Yeah. Um, she says in an interview with Cosmopolitan that she's at peace with the fact that she was on the show. Um, she said that Abby was distraught when um, Maddie left the show. And for the longest time, we felt very guilty. She trained me. She helped me. But I also know um, I would be okay with, I knew I would be okay without her. And I was sick of being in this toxic environment. I said, this is not for me. I can't do this. And I haven't spoken to her since. Now, obviously, Maddie has gone on to a pretty successful career. She's very young still, but she has been in Sia's videos. She was in the recent remake of West Side Story. Um, so 
Obviously, Abby Lee is not happy about this because she sees Maddie as this kid that she loved. She said, I don't understand the pre- what she's talking about with the pressure, the toxic situation. If it was so toxic, why did she keep doing it? Well, she was a child. <laughs> she was also under contract. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Abby's like, the kids in the original class never had a contract. The moms had a contract, but the kids... Uh, nobody wanted to pay the money to. So they went through the process and they were kind of there on a handshake. I don't know if that's 100% accurate, but she's obviously really hurt by this rejection, uh, which is wild. Um, And Abby, Maddie had a memoir that came out called The Maddie Diary is a Memoir. And Abby is not mentioned once in the book. And the teen acknowledges Sia as her mentor uh, telling, uh, t- saying in the book that Sia discovered her at the age of 11 and tweeted her to be in a music video. So oh, that's how she got in the yes. videos? I oh. think Sia must have seen her on Dance Moms. Yeah. And that's how she got in the videos. So Because she toured with Sia too, right? Yeah. But she, I mean, it's, I'm not saying, she can do what she wants and I get wanting to forget Abby, but it's wild that she doesn't mention Abby that, <laughs> at all in her memoir. Oh, yeah. Right? Because that is, like, that was... As awful as she is, that was her dance teacher who set her on that road and taught her. Right. Um, and it's just, it's definitely I a mean, fucking, it's, a, it's definitely intentional. Right, right. And Abby, you know, of course she's like, she's ungrateful, like mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, and it's like, yeah, well maybe you should treat people better. Yeah. And it's like, even if, you know, obviously Maddie had favoritism from Abby, but that's its own set of pressure. Yeah. Because she knows you know what I mean? Like she yeah. knows that the other kids are being left out because of her, even if it's not her fault. No, it's not her fault. Uh, she can, she feels it. Yeah. I think. And yeah. that's an uncomfortable uh, feeling. Anyway, I did want to say that pretty much all the, especially the original girls, I don't know enough about the later seasons cause I didn't watch them, but the original girls from the show all have very um, successful... They're doing great. Yeah, yeah. Um, if they're not doing a singing acting career, they are... I know Vivianne just graduated from high school. Um, Chloe is a, is a published writer. She also has done a lot of acting. She is at Pepperdine University doing really well. Um, Nia, I think, she might have graduated, but she is at UCLA. My my niece actually went to UCLA and she's like, she came to my dorm once because she was friends with a <gasps> roommate of my niece. And she was like, we were like, Nia. <laughs> so she's doing great. They're all sort of doing variations of performing, which is good. I did see that Brooke, she has a really good um, food blog or food Instagram account Ooh. where she does local food in Pittsburgh. So I followed that because I was like, ooh, food. Yeah. But they're all doing great and they're all beautiful young adults, talented women. And, but Abby is still shady with them. Like Ken McKenzie, who goes by Kenzie now, uh, she had like a little singing career and Abby like dunked on her singing career. And Kenzie was like, (laughs) I'm just laughing. Keep my name out of your mouth. (laughs) Like, and Abby, but it's just like, you're dunking on like a fucking sick, like whatever she is now, 17 year old. Yeah. These are like young girls. Yeah, they're young girls and they all have like massive social media followings, right? right? right. So they're that alone helps them earn a good living, right? Yes. If you have that kind of following, they all have TikToks and Instagram, so you can definitely find them and see what they're up to. Um but yeah, like it's pretty it's pretty wild to see just to see them finally being able to speak out 
for themselves. Yeah. Christy said in an interview that it's like great to see how they've all grown up and they all have these sort of big careers success and are successful in their careers. And it's kind of weird that it's just this group of girls that have all known each other since they were two or three, four years old. Yeah. Now are all sort of successful. And she said, and no one's a serial killer, which is amazing because given what, <laughs> which they easily could have been given what they went through. Like that is a traumatizing experience, I yeah. think. So in other news, I was on Abby's Instagram and she has been posting casting notices for season nine of Dance Moms. <gasps> so Dance Moms is coming back for a season nine. She was just in LA. She also launched a podca- podcast called Leave It on the Dance Floor. Which, by the way, I always thought that song was Living on the Dance Floor. What? The theme. <laughs> Living on the Dance Floor. It's Leaving on the Dance Floor. I truly did not know. <laughs> is she talking about the drama? Because the drama. There's only one episode. The drama is not left on the dance floor. No, no, it is not. It's in the, it's in the back room. <laughs> it's in the dressing room in the dance studio. Um, so there's only one episode out. I did start listening to it this morning. And uh, obviously, Abby has a very different perspective on everything that went down. So if you want to hear that, you can check it out, I guess. Can but I just, I'm not recommending can it. Can I just say <laughs> something that was always funny about Abby on Dance Moms to me is like, because she shouted and yelled and screamed so much on that show that there were... There would be moments on the show where you could tell she had lost her voice. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? It gets kind of gra- rough it's and like gravelly. It's really rough. She's like, buddy, buddy. <laughs> She's like, buddy, I need you to, I need you to focus a little more. Like, yeah. No, she's definitely, you can't scream like that. But she, w- I mean, at the top of her lungs screaming. Even when she's just talking, she's really loud. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the other thing that I recently saw, because I was like on her Instagram today looking at these casting notices, her most recent post is deranged. It's her crashing JoJo Siwa's latest video shoot. <gasps> She's like showing up to the house. We see her in her motorized chair, like crashing through the door. Wait, <laughs> was she invi- but was she invited? Because JoJo likes her still, or JoJo it's, is still on good terms with her. They're acting like... She showed up surprised. Yeah. She's wearing a huge, I guess it's like a Jojo Siwa style bow, bow that's rainbow for Pride Month. Yeah. And she, and the video is being directed by James Charles. Stop I'm just it. like, there's just so much going on in this fucking little Instagram reel. Ugh. It is so fucking weird. She's just like, I'm here. <laughs> just like, with this huge fucking rainbow bow on her head. I love it. No, I was like losing it. I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, how is she so... It's like, I want you to... You need to account for what you've done. <laughs> like, I just want you to account before we move on. Like, yeah. you can't just now just be this like funny... Like, do you know what I mean? Like, she's definitely on some kind of redemption tour. And it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm curious to see what people think. I did. I did read her podcast reviews. Um, and it's definitely like five stars and zero star or one star. So it's yeah. like a lot of people who are like, yay, Abby's back. And a lot of people are like, no, we don't accept. And it's like, you haven't even watched the show. Then listen to the podcast. You're basing it on the show. And it's like, well, people are mad. <laughs> people are mad at her behavior on the show. Yeah. And they're not ready to let her have a voice unless she's going to be 100% honest mm. and atone or like whatever, or at least acknowledge. be accountable. Acknowledge 
what she did. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see about that. Anyway, that's all for this episode on Abby Lee Miller. Next week, we have a very special episode featuring two of the stars from Dance Moms. Yes. So we'll get into more behind the scenes. We're going to talk about some of the more scandalous and controversial moments and dances we have, on the show. We have tea. Yeah. We have tea from the mouths of two of the stars of Dance Moms. They were there for they it all. They were there and they, wit- <laughs> and they witnessed it. And I'm so excited to post that for yeah. our listeners to hear this it's episode. It's really funny. It's very funny. So we'll post some pics and we'll see you then. And please subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. Yeah. We're going to do an after show. Bye. Bye.